17? I think it's 16. Did we do 16 last week? Is it 16 or 17? Oh, that was 16, huh? So we are on 17. 17. This is 17. This, yeah. This is 17. This is 17. Episode number yeah. 17. Hey. One Golden Moment Podcast. Justice Zell Santos. Rory O'Toole. <laughs> Serena Carana. And for the first time, the sports editor. He's making his debut appearance in the last game of the season. Hi, hi. Hello, hello. Singh. Straight from Canada. Straight from Thank Georgia. You. Yeah, I didn't get my credit on that for the first couple episodes. <laughs> yeah, Chick-fil-A I did not realize that. He has some takes. We'll get to it later in the podcast. But, unfortunately, this is where Cal men's basketball season ends. Shocking. Or actually, do, do we think they're going to get an at-large bid to the NIT? <laughs> do we think that's going <laughs> to Uh, Yeah, I'd bet my mortgage on it. It's going to happen. Do you have a mortgage? Yeah, I have full confidence. Yeah, I have a mortgage, okay? A Monopoly mortgage. Yeah, calling me out on the podcast. <laughs> so, unfortunately, this is the last game of the season. Cal was a one and done in the NCAA tournament for the second consecutive year. Well, not in the NCAA tournament. In the Pac-12 tournament. I, God, God <laughs> forbid the NCAA tournament. It could have been the, the latest scandal. How did a, an eight and twenty-three team get into the tournament? Yeah, we're bribing, just like rich kids. Okay? Drop, drop the bag. <laughs> Dropping bags. So, I think we'll just start with a really quick summary of the the first round, Cal's game against Colorado, which actually was a lot closer. Than I anticipated. I was out in Vegas to cover the game. Unfortunately, I didn't have Roy or Serena with me, and I think I need to let the people know because they weren't with me. It wasn't the full experience. It wasn't it. We're a team. We ride together. We die together. And I just, I, I pre. This is like the last one that we're gonna do that I know everyone's gonna be here. This is gonna be like super sentimental. And I just want to get this on wax, but I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all for making this happen. Cue the DJ Khaled. I appreciate you. I appreciate yeah. you. Multimedia, oh, yeah, Shay- get on it. Oh, yeah, Shaylin, I appreciate you being here, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right. And we appreciate here you, reluctantly. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Appreciate Thank you for going to Vegas and not getting arrested. Yeah. Avoiding the bookings. Yeah, Thank I had you to, for there's, there's some. this one golden moment. Can we have yeah. just like a... We've had a lot of golden moments, I Yeah, it's been one big golden moment. Should we do like a, a montage, just like with the best sound bites with... Um, I think so. With the music in the, in the like background. Like sitcoms from the 70s when they do the like, best clips. Yeah. <laughs> just all yeah, montage show. Like, oh, yeah. Is that Golden Girls? No. No? no Wait, oh, you're talking about Friends, yeah, Friends. That was, oh. That was like, yeah. Feels like this right I think Did you watch Friends? Yeah. You finished fan. it? Big fan. Multiple times. I think Golden Girls had the better intro. You must have a hot take from Friends. Right, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. Oh, think okay. on it. First round, I know Serena does. First round of the Pac-12 tournament. Cal go, number, number 12 seeded Cal going against the fifth seed Colorado. Cal and Colorado did play early in the season. It was a relatively close game at Haas. I know that you were there, uh, Rory, to, uh, to report on the game. Yeah. And so not really as shocking that this game was close, but it was a little shocking that you know, considering the stakes and considering that what we'd seen with Cal last year against Stanford, that they essentially got blown out the water, to see this Cal team be really in this game. And it was kind of shocking, too, that especially when you consider that uh, Justice Suing didn't have the best of days, Darius McNeil was completely quiet in the second half. The offense as a whole was just very quiet, but surprisingly enough, it was the defense that kept Cal in this game. And 
if you were to, if either of us was to make that statement a month ago even, I think we would have called each other insane. Yeah, Ken Palm's head would have exploded. Um, pretty crazy. Yeah, that's encouraging, right? It's progress. Encouraging last little... At the, at the tail end of the season. Yeah, to finally put it together on defense. So Colorado knocks off Cal 56-51 in, as we said, the first round of the tournament. Matt Bradley with 17 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. Justice Suing, 10 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. Surprisingly, no free throws at all. He did get this really weird... I thought it should have been an N1. He kind of hits the deck, but he didn't get called for the foul. But strangely enough for Justice to not get called for Definitely rigged. any foul. <laughs> Definitely rigged. You calling it right then and there? Yeah. Uh, McKin- Stay woke. <laughs> McKinley Wright, 18 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. Uh, Tyler... Or Deshaun Swartz, 11 points, 8 rebounds. Tyler Bay, 8 points, 11 rebounds. Colorado, with the reason that Cal was in this game, it, it wasn't part of the defense, but Cal, uh, Colorado shot relatively well. I think it was 43% from the field. But it was the turnovers that kept Cal in this game. Colorado turned the ball yeah. over 23 times. Jeez. Tyler Bay had 7 turnovers. McKinley Wright had 5. Evan Batty had 4. And Cal did do a very great job of getting in the passing lanes. Matt Bradley and Darius McNeil both had four steals apiece. I remember there was this one there was one player in particular where Wright throws an outlet pass, I think it was to Swartz, and Bradley comes in like a free safety, deflects it, the ball is going out of bounds, Darius McNeil kind of grabs it as his momentum is taking out of bounds, throws it to Connor Vanover, and they're going the other way. Just like they drew it up? Just just like you draw yeah. it in practice. And That's a Viking special right for there. For Cal's defense to make such a such a statement in their last in their last game of the season. It was definitely encouraging going forward. You know, obviously there aren't any games to improve upon or to look forward to at this point in time. But uh, Colorado's head coach Tad Boyle did note that since that initial meeting at Haas Pavilion, that he was under he believed that Colorado or Cal's zone defense has vastly improved. And if we if we think back to the last time I commented on Cal, you said to never play the zone again. That's how far back I was on the zone. I think their zone was getting eaten alive, especially after the Utah game in particular. But credit where credit is due, I've eaten my words several times on this podcast, and I'll do it again. Cal's zone defense has tremendously improved. A lot of those turnovers with both Bay and Batty were the result of their guards kind of flying out of nowhere, deflecting the ball when they had it off the dribble. And so definitely a credit where credit is due situation. I feel like we've been saying that a lot over yeah. the past couple of weeks. And they also limited Lucas Seward, who had 18 points against us at the game at Haas. So he only had two points this game, one of six from the field. So good job. I think Vanover helped to uh, limit him. I think Vanover's matchup. getting shortchanged on a lot of blocks. I think he definitely had more than three. It's rigged. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. How is this here in Vegas? Same braids. Goes braid. Goes braid. Shailen, do you have any uh, comments on Vanover? I know that he's a personal he's favorite. He's going to be the GOAT. He's, he's on his way to being the GOAT. GOAT of Cal history? Yeah. The best 7-3 center that they've ever had and probably the only 7-3 center yeah, that they've ever that's, had. Yeah, I'd say that's, yeah. Poor of Berkeley. <laughs> but I think it is worth noting that a couple of weeks ago on Ken Pomp, Cal's defensive efficiency rating was like in the 330s. It was definitely one of the worst defenses in all of college basketball. Definitely the worst of any Power 5 conference team. But now they've sort of crept their way on up to, at this point in time, 289. 
there are other teams that have games to play, so that number might fluctuate before the end of the actual college basketball season. But you know, as we are noting, it is it is encouraging to see that the zone is finally taking shape. That if this isn't an aberration, that that should that if that carries on our next season, now you have something to build upon. Especially when you have Connor Vanover is probably going to be getting utilized a lot more. You're going to be hopefully having maybe a grad transfer and two come in and you know instill some some fresh blood into this already young team. Yeah, no, it's it's positive. I mean, they went through their last four, so. And they played hard in Vegas, almost. I mean, we thought they had a chance to steal a game or two. Um, if they win this game, I think we also have a chance. We were going to play Oregon State, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was encouraging, for sure. It definitely was. And there was a point when I thought Cal was actually going to win this game. Because just on the on on the grounds of defense. Has Josh ground. taught us anything? The worst thing a Cal fan can have is hope. I just you for, keep falling for it, man. Kind of for selfish reasons, I wanted Cal to win this game because then I would have had an excuse to say a stay another day in Vegas. Oh, because like last year they yeah. were one and done. This year they're one and done. It would have been nice to see them, you know, go up against Oregon State with a little bit of that. We don't know better. A mentality. They would have had a chance, I think, against Oregon State. I mean, they played them super hard in Oregon State. So, um, yeah, kind of a shame, but but definitely, even with even if you sort of draw up the the last three wins heading into the tournament to the opponents having a bad game and catching them on a bad night, it still is encouraging that they were able to capitalize on those opportunities, which. As we saw with the Stanford game and the UCLA game, those are some things that they just couldn't do. Mm-hmm. So I think now that we've gone into the Colorado game, with this being the end of the season, barring barring one of the, the most shocking decisions to let them into the NIT tournament, I think it's worth noting going into the just taking a step back and looking at this whole season from a macro perspective. And this might even bleed into another podcast that we do if we decide to still continue to talk about Calman's basketball. But I think just taking that macro perspective, it kind of is worth asking the question of what, if anything, has changed in regards to what we know about this team. Because this year they finished 8-23. and You could make the argument that the game that had been smoked out in quote-unquote smoked out because of the, the fires in, against Detroit, that they're probably 9-23, and 23, which is a one-game improvement. I actually found it funny that on Ken Palm last season, they were ranked 244th of all Division One teams, and mm. this year they're ranked 243rd. Hey! So, so even in that regard, it's there improvement. We go. And, you know, there, there are a lot of different moving parts from year one to year two of the Viking Jones era, but it still is worth just asking that question of, were the last couple weeks of this season enough for him to stay on? Has And then even if you just look at the players, too, has Suing made improvements? Has McNeil made improvements? Are they essentially the same players that they won from year one to year two? So what are your sort of takes on just the general macro view of this season? Yeah, it's been... It was almost like the season was predictable up until these last three weeks. Like, we would just do these podcasts, drone on about Cal being the worst team perhaps of all time in college basketball. (laughs) And then they kind of almost hit this switch and caught some teams at good times for us. Um, 
and won those three games that we were talking about in last podcast. So, you know, maybe this could be a a positive enough development for Jim Knowlton to keep liking on. But I kind of think they needed this game in the Pac-12 tournament to really seal that and convince Jim Knowlton that Viking is the right guy. Um, because now we kind of have some breathing room and looking back on it, I still feel like Viking should go, and this team kind of needs a new, new leadership and a new philosophy. Because ultimately, like the defense was still defensive rating three hundred forty fifth out of three hundred fifty three schools. Offensive rating two eighty. Um, only eight and twenty three. We kind of got lucky in the Stanford game with them missing all those threes, even though they, I mean, they made the most of the opportunity. Um, Washington State is just terrible. And then we have one upset win. So is that really good enough to keep Wyking on? I don't know. To me, it's still a pretty disastrous season. And you could make the argument that the players like Vanover and Bradley succeeded in spite of Wyking. Not because of Viking. I mean, he wasn't even playing Vanover for the first half of the year. Or even longer than that. So, I don't know. I, uh, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced that this is a sea change. Just because they won last their last three or four games. I don't think it should convince Jim of keeping him on. But. I think if they're looking at the financial aspect of it at all, mm-hmm. I think it'll play a role in, yeah. you know, like... Oh, like three games. That's a big X factor you know, for like sure. If it was a completely winless season, yeah. conference season, then it'd be a lot easier to be like, okay, like it's worth yeah. the cost, you know, firing the coach. Yeah. No, the decision was going to be made for him if they lost all the games. Mm-hmm. Now it's like he has an out to keep him on. He might take it. That debt is no joke. But, it's uh, no joke. <laughs> but as we have mentioned, one of the biggest reasons that I think would incline Knowlton to keep Wyking on was because of the culture. And I think it was especially apparent in this Colorado game because there was a point when semi-late in the second half, Colorado's up by 10, they're kind of snatching all the energy. And then just, you know, Cal has that same never-say-die attitude. They storm back in the game, and they potentially come a couple inches within sending that game to overtime because like Matt Bradley had a relatively clean look for three. And McKinley right hit that crazy shot. That didn't count. They got a little lucky on, in regards to that. Yeah. If he, if he hits that shot, then game's over. But just for Cal to be in that position to potentially upset the five seed and go to the second round of the tournament in spite of everything that's happened... I think that is a testament to this team sticking together and this team, you know, having that camaraderie. But there is also the aspect where you have to consider you can have a coach who, like, this doesn't have to be a mutually exclusive thing. You can have a coach who both A, can get you wins, and B, provide a winning culture. Those two things aren't necessarily, like, separate from one another. And so while Viking has done a fantastic job in regards to curating a culture that where these guys probably want to come into work every day and they want to compete for one another. I just don't think that alone is enough, especially when we go back and consider 
that it feels as if a lot of these guys, especially like in terms of returning players, and even Paris Austin, who did have the one year to you know, improve his game as he was a redshirt, that they were essentially the same players from last year, if not a worse version of themselves. And I think that's, even if you take a step back from the wins and losses, and you just look at individuals, I think that that definitely has to play into it. Yeah, I think player development and the lack lack of a tactical philosophy and like strategy in most of these games is kind of the biggest argument against keeping Viking. And like you said, you can find coaches who actually know how to coach and you know run plays and run a functional offense and also build culture. Um, and when you win games, that's going to foster culture on its own. So. I don't you're right the guys do seem to love each other and uh, they seem to actually really like Wyking but I get that vibe that he's like an assistant coach you know like the the assistant coach that the players go to to talk to when the coach is yelling at them and you know kind of the good cop and the good cop bad cop dynamics of a coaching staff but it's still a horrible record that this guy has and he's kind of a national laughing stock and it's just it's a bad look for Cal to keep Wyking on for a third year, in my opinion. I think it's also worth noting that Ernie Kent of Washington State did get fired yesterday as well, and Ernie Kent, happy trails. And he he had a better such an angry man, <laughs> an angry angry man. Would you say he was angry or animated? I think he was more animated. No, nah, he's angry. He's that, sort of, he's doing all like that the man hand scared me. Yeah, <laughs> he's a scary dude, but. I think it's I bring up Ernie Kent because during his time at Washington State, I think his total win record was thirty seven or his winning percentage record That's was thirty seven percent. How and long was he at He was there for five years. He never had a season in which they won more than thirteen games. Yeah, he's awful. His worst season was actually kind of in line with both of Vikings seasons. I think it was nine and twenty two. Mm-hmm. And then so then you think you look at the Ernie Kent situation, you start to think, would this be the like? Would this be the catalyst for Viking to go as well? Because I think like Vikings Bears haven't even cracked the thirty percent over the past two years. Now, granted, this is a, a three year difference between Viking and Ernie, but you know how like at what point does the amount of time that you spend, you know, trying to create a culture? trying to recruit, at what point does that no longer matter and you just need to hit the reset button? And I think it's, that what makes this especially tricky is because it has only been two years. And if you do fire Viking after two years, it kind of sends that message to prospective head coaches that, you know, what if we struggle or what if we fail to meet expectations in the first year? Obviously, it's kind of a different situation. The way in which Viking was hired is probably going to be different from the next head coach who was hired, but... I think some head coaches might take that into account in regards to selecting this job. I don't know. To me, like, they're struggling, and then there's people writing. People literally wrote headlines, is Cal basketball the worst college basketball team of all time? And whether that was hyperbolic or not, I mean, that kind of speaks to how terrible Cal looked and played for much of the season. And going back to last season, it was the same deal. So... If anything, to me, keeping Viking around sends a message to the college basketball world that Cal's not serious about their basketball program. Because he'd be fired at any other school. Like, 
ACC, Big Ten, Big East, especially the old Big East. Old Big East. <laughs> Didn't Vanderbilt just go over? Huh? Didn't Vanderbilt just go over too? Yeah, they did. Um, that would Vanderbilt's been one, ba- this is not even a sports school though. That would have been a hell of a stat. Like, when was the last time two Power Five conferences went over, or like had yeah. a team that went over? Yeah, get on that stats, guys. Um, stats, guys. Yeah. Shailen, you're doing stats, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's totally. Doing well, he's though. literally doing. Um, <laughs> so I think it's this is a good. Point. Wouldn't that be a joke? Like to keep what like. If you told insert him into like NC State or somewhere like that, and you had Vikings record, there's no way they're keeping. No him. way. There's no way. Because we're in the Pac-12 conference of champions. Conference of champions is different, as Bill Walton likes to say. And let's not forget that he was terrible in an era when the Pac-12 is garbage, like absolutely awful. Like we might get one team in the tournament, and you only won three games. Are you kidding me? That's a joke, dude. So I think this is a good place for us to just contemplate on what the future may hold. Because at, yeah. at the, not even in regards to head coach, just let's just play devil's advocate and assume that every player on this team is on the roster next year, which Cal is unique in that which sense. Which I doubt. <laughs> Highly doubt. Let's just play devil's advocate and imagine Cal is unique in that they have no seniors, so... Literally every player on this team. Theoretically. Unless, you know, because Roman Davis is an actor. Transfer and quit. <laughs> Transfer and quit. Don't forget. Never forget. <laughs> so, Roman Davis is an academic senior, so he could potentially just graduate if he doesn't want to play another year. Boy, that'd be a shame if he left. <laughs> God, we'd really miss it. But there, there's potentially a situation where every player on this team comes back for next season. And. You know, we've gone over this a lot that we haven't essentially been. James Out didn't play. Is he coming back? I think he was injured most of the season, if not allegedly. <laughs> that's that's what I allegedly. Heard. I remember when they were. Also, Blake Well, did he play one minute? He definitely played at least a minute. Blake Welly. Blake Welly, brother of um, Cole Welly from last year. I don't I know. He s- might want to get some shine. I he might transfer. The day before the Fresno State game, I was at the RSF and I saw James just like hooping by himself. James out? Yeah. I didn't want to go up to him and be like, hey, why aren't you with the team? But I was, in my head, I was like, hey, why aren't why you with you? the team? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. But, so. Dude, imagine him and Connor. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> just, in regards to what? <laughs> I just like that combo. So let's just just, I, I just like that combo. And, and let's, let's I, that that makes Cal really back on, interesting. <laughs> back on the tracks. So, situation where every player on this team is there next year. They bring in DJ Thorpe. They bring in Charles Smith IV. They bring in Joel Brown. Potentially one or two grad transfers. Yeah, the recruiting class isn't bad. Yeah, it's definitely one of those recruiting classes that's composed of guys that are probably going to stay here for three and four years before they hit their peak. Definitely not the one-and-done types. What was it ranked? In the Pac-12, was it the worst recruiting class? In terms of recruiting? Yeah. No, it definitely I wasn't the worst. I think it was right? seventh, so... Oh, that's not bad at all. And seventh is where, like, those three four and three and four stars kind of reside. The guys that are going to stay around for a couple of years. But if we can't develop players... So, yeah, this, I think this is can't. a... This is like, I don't think we developed Matt Bradley or Connor Vanover. They, that was their talent most of the year, right? Like, I don't know. Connor, Especially Vanover. Connor definitely. Vanover did. had to prove to Viking to play him. 
Like, hey, I'm on my ro- I'm on the way to being the goat. <laughs> like play me dog well, I think the commentators I like obviously it was not the game the commentators were insanely high on Vanover dude they loved him and Ben Parker said he could go in the draft in two years he's awesome he literally is poor Zingod out yeah, here if we just look at the what is this if we look at the last 11 games of the season just the way that he closed it out 12 points 5 rebounds 2 blocks Shooting about, but 50. these weren't just twelve points. These were like splashing from the heavens, <laughs> dropping with Allen Iverson braids, with swagger juice just leaking from him all over the floor. I mean, dude, Connor Vanover. If this man next year, I guarantee you, in the that tournament with Duke and Texas and oh, Georgia, Georgia, I can't. This man can't is gonna be a meme. meme. I can't. This man is gonna be a meme. meme. Okay, I'm calling it now. Invest in the meme economy. <laughs> Buy all your shares in Connor Van Overstock. I'm serious, dude. So, yeah, back to the point. He's, he didn't develop Vanover. Vanover, his own greatness with the braids. So you think it's his own greatness? And Matt Bradley's just an angry, motivated dude. He's like a bulldog. I think there's going to be some natural development, you know, like over the course of the yeah. season. Like, as, just because like, they're getting minutes. You know, they're yeah. playing college basketball. But... Yeah, I don't know that you could tie it all to Viking. Yeah. I mean, the Spice Queen supported that. That wasn't even Spice. <laughs> I just believe just, like, you look at all the rotation players, just assuming he's, he, well, now he's going to be a rising junior. Darius McNeil, rising junior. Uh, academic, all academic. All that honorable mention. Yeah. Matt Bradley, rising sophomore. Connor Vanover, rising sophomore. Juwan Harris-Dyson, rising junior. Andre. Kelly. I hope Vanover doesn't rise anymore. He's 7'3". That's, that's <laughs> tall enough, dude. That's but bad for your heart. Every player, every rotation player aside from Paris Austin this season was an underclassman. And you consider Justice has two more years, Darius two more years, Juwan two more years. James. <laughs> I don't know. Three, potentially three more years. Four more years. Four, yeah, four sure. more years, huh? Hop on the Zao train. I'm ready. <laughs> so there is a lot of, you know, they have a lot of time to grow and develop, but, you know, how much are they going to develop from year to year? I think... Case study. Juwan. That should be our case yeah. study for player development. Well, I think even just that entire freshman class, because, you know, I don't want to be the one who reads off stats, but I think it's worth noting just to do a comparison. So just assuming freshman year... 13.8 points, sophomore year 14.3. And then Darius, I think he averaged the same amount. He averaged like 11. So yeah, freshman year Darius averages 11.3 points. This year he averages 11 flat. And then Jawan, Jawan just completely regresses. 6.2 points last year, 3.5 this year. I think his his PER dropped from 13.5 to 7.6. Oh. Which at that point, you're not just, like, a marginal average player. You're just a detriment to the team. He only played four and a half minutes against Stanford, right? Against the... Against Stanford? During the road game? Yeah. Yeah, something along the lines yeah. of that. I think, when I look at Jawan, we've talked about Jawan a lot. I think at bare minimum... What's his name again? His nickname? Spiderfly. Spider Still don't exactly get it. how he plays. He plays, like, a... I don't know what a Spiderfly <laughs> is. Is that a thing? Is that a real thing? I think is that it, in Australia? It was assigned to him by his dad. That's that's, that's okay. the dad-appointed nickname. I don't know if that counts. Can your dad <laughs> give you a nickname? 
But I think at minimum, what you have with Juwan is someone yeah. who's yeah. super athletic. I think so. And can def- he's easily their best perimeter defender. But you look at him and you think he can be so much more. The same with Justice. He was like, the highest rated guy, right? He was the highest rated prospect out of that incoming recruiting class of two out of the the holy trinity of the sites. You know, ESPN, holy trinity. ESPN wow. rivals, and twenty four seven sports had him as a four star. But then you see like Darius kind of takes a step back. I know that he was dealing with that hand issue. He had the hand tape in Vegas. But then Suing's kind of the same player. Darius is kind of I the same. I thought Andre player. regressed a lot. I think Andre just got hit with the the conference. The freshman play. wall. The freshman wall. The good old and freshman the wall. Play wall. But then also we, you won't like play Vanover and Kelly together. He does play game. Vanover and Grant together. I think that's worth noting. You know, is as that, I, is that uh, what's the deal with that? Can we please play Kelly and Vanover together? Why is that so crazy? I I feel like they've had to have played each, with each other at least one time. Stats, stats guy, Shaylin, we need that. We need that info. But I think it just begs the question: Do we think that these guys can, like, given how Justice Darius and Jawan have either stagnated or stay the same, do we think that they can improve just from year one to year two or year two to year three? No. And with Paris three year three to year four. Uh, no. What, literally, what evidence do we have to support Wyking and that he can develop players? I mean, Grant, he doubled his point total. Grant? <laughs> Grant? Hey, Grant? Cue the soldier boy, Grant. Drake! Hey, Grant went from 1.5 points to 2.6 points, but he almost doubled wow. his point total. I think... I, I, think I mean, Grant, Grant, Grant is worth noting. Grant's a role player. He is a role player, but, like, you know, I, I hate to just use all of the, the superlatives. The white but, guy adjectives? I think that, Is that where you're going when Grant got called for the technical against Fresno State, that's when I unbelievable. Was, that's when I was like, he has some of that Matt Bradley bulldog in him. Well, I'm he's like, Australian, so that is they're true. not known for you know. They like to fight. <laughs> they like to fight. So then, there's also the matter of I think next year Jacoby Gordon, you know, he was hampered by the injury for much of this. Oh yeah, he's gonna be coming back next year yeah. too. So. I don't know if so. Imagine that we have this entire team next year, plus the three incoming freshmen, plus a potential grad transfer too. Where do you see this team next year? In it, like with a retooled-ish roster. Um, I hesitate to say that they get at least ten wins. This is assuming that I think it's going to be roughly the same record. Maybe one or two more wins. I think like maybe. I think 10 wins, possible. This is what we said last year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is literally what well, we're okay. repeating. But I think Viking is lulling us. Third year. Third year for Viking, third year for a lot of the team, right? True. Justice, it's true. Juan. True. I it's think a, those people matter less than Vanover and Bradley. I think it's going to be them who that, bring yeah. us to 10 if we get there. I think it's also worth noting that this year the team did lose Marcus Lee, Kingsley Okoro, Don Coleman. For all of their flaws, they were solid rotation players. And now you're having a year when there's a little more, or not even a little more, there's just a complete, you know, hypothetical year-to-year continuity. And you never know, even if if there's another coach and if this whole roster stays intact, maybe that just might catapult them to... Know, 11 12 wins especially because but what are we doing like what is the long-term 
like plan that Viking has? Like, how many NCAA tournament runs do you think you make with Viking Jones as your coach? How many years do I have? Let's say in the next five years. Do you make this is... one one? Okay, are you saying NCAA tournament? Make a tournament or make a run? Make a tournament. Make the tournament. So I offer you a counter question that leads into. Oh, the you lawyer! What, what is the what is the best? Do you possible? see how he did this? Hey, mock My trial, God. mock trial in the house. Mock trial. What he gave the, me the old pivot. What is the best possible outcome for all of these guys? Uh, Vanover. Or not even the, the goat. Best, not even the best possible outcome. What's like the if the best possible outcome is like a hundred percent? What's their like eighty percent reaching potential? So, like, Justice, maybe he's, like, a 16-point scorer. Darius bumps that up to maybe 14. Matt Bradley. I mean, Justice be an all-conference player. That'd be best-case scenario. Darius McNeil becomes the top shooter in the conference. Matt Bradley becomes Marcus Smart. Like, literally morphs into Marcus Smart. Um, <laughs> um Connor. Connor is going to be the GOAT, apparently. I really want to. Uh, I'm excited to see what Jawan a, learns a full how to shoot. Connor could look like. Imagine Jawan being able to shoot. I Boy, that's a thought. I saw this stat yesterday. He's attempted 23 three pointers in his Cal career. Okay. All of us combined have made the same amount. Big fat. Wow. Big fat zero. I did, I did hit that one that one time. I'm kind of. This is. All right, don't you get out of this question, okay. though. Okay. This, this is, Do you make one NCAA tournament with Y-King? I think it really depends. It also depends oh. on the recruiting. Oh it depends God. on recruiting okay. because if How is he going to recruit can, if he's like, yo, you might win 11 games? Hop on this. It's tough. Especially, like, the one recruit that I keep going back to in terms of potential for, like, that blue chipper yep. is Jordan Brown. Yep. Who, fun fact... Connor Vanover had a significantly better season than Jordan Brown. Not trying to draw any conclusions. I mean, from Nevada that. is a little deeper than Cal in his defense. In his defense. In, in his defense. In my mock trial. He played like in 11 defense. minutes a game. But Come on, though. You're probably not going to make an NCAA tournament with Viking. It seems. So if you're right not, now, what are we doing? Game. Literally, what are we doing? What's the point of having a basketball program? Are you saying eliminate the basketball program? <laughs> but this is, this is where I this is where like the if I'm taking like no the, come on the, honestly, I think it's very unlikely unless he nabs like a five. So what are we doing? What is the point? You, is this fan base cool with making like maybe an NIT? Well, in our or the collegebasketball.net tournament. Like, what? what is this? In our discussion with Andrew, I don't think that's the case. I think how it's been I mean, what, since 2016 since they went to a tournament. Yeah. Because in 2017, they went to NIT, and I don't count that. I just if What are we doing here as a program if we're not making a tournament? I think that... So what's the just, point? Just considering that everything that I've seen this year, I think the future... As much as I like Justice and Darius and Juwan, I think this future is going to revolve around Matt and Connor. Oh, of course. And, you know, Paris is a solid point guard. I think he there's a high likelihood he's their starting point guard next season. But part of me really wants to see Matt Bradley just become the point guard of the future. 
I think he might be geared towards being a backup mm-hmm. and sort of but in which like he'll start and then when Paris goes to the bench he takes over and then they kind of just swap responsibilities but if you if in a hypothetical scenario where you swap out Matt for Paris then you can bring in another shooter then you just open up the floor exponentially and then you have a veteran leader to sort of command the second unit which next year might be composed of three freshmen and a sophomore. So I think you might have that nice balance of your top-end talent on one end and then, you know, your I don't see that happening. I don't see honest. that happening either. I really but don't. We've done this all season. PA's kind of not going to do that. Yeah, I don't think Bradley's a good enough playmaker. The one thing Austin is decent at is playmaking, but like in the Colorado game especially, the dude straight up thinks he's Kobe sometimes. The shots he takes are just... <laughs> Fade away that disgusting mid-range release. jumpers that he just breaks. Yeah, I'm not he a, made that one, that one game yeah. winner earlier in the season. I'm not for a completely abandoning no. the mid-range jumper. I am for ever so slightly abandoning that ISO hesitation crossover left pull up that Paris really? likes to do. You don't like that? Uh, not the biggest no. fan. No, he's cooking though. His he's name, cooking. His name is Chef Paris. Um. But, yeah, just on a macro perspective, I don't really know what we're doing here as a program. Like, if uh, Vikings still around next year or the years after. Yeah, I think if the ultimate goal, and it should be the ultimate goal, is to make an NCAA appearance, or, hell, even just considering how bad these past two years have been, just an NIT appearance... It kind of feels as if that if Viking is the head coach, we're kind of just going to tread water. He's going to be the new Ernie Kent. I'm telling you right now, he will become Ernie Kent if he sticks around. It's going to be five years of, wow, that was a waste of time. (laughs) That was a complete waste of time. And Jim Knowlton, he's the new athletic director. I think he wants something better than that. And I get that money's an issue, but... Uh, I mean, money's going to be an issue for the next yeah, like, this pro- century. Yeah, so. Money forever will uh, be an issue. As we've seen on. with the, the college admission scandal, money will forever be an issue. Yes. So, if you're not going to make an NCAA tournament, you're not going to play an exciting brand of basketball. Half the fan base hates you. The alumni certainly don't like you. Andrew doesn't like you. Um, I'm pretty sure both Andrew Mundy and Andrew Wilde. Are definitely. I'm just I'm trying to think of like something that's positive that we can say just going forward, like. I mean, because don't you think with a better coach, everything we're complimenting Matt Bradley and Vanover and Justice and all the main pieces on this team, they would be better players. With better coaching, I definitely think so. Right, I did mention that. That's what I meant by like Utah succeeding game. in spite of Viking. Like, Justice, they kind of just give him the ball and say, "Hey, you know, do something with this." Imagine if he had a coach who built an offense around him, or you know, got him to be point suing a little bit. Yeah, and it just gets very like I'm just looking at Connor's minutes distribution once again, and you know, before like. If we go back to the first, let's see, how many games do we have here? If we take a step back and look at how he performed before his career-high 15 against Stanford, he was always showing the flashes, but it was there was a sense of frustration that he'd never be unleashed. Yeah. And that's when I'm, you know, I'm thinking, 
he's kind of had this since the beginning. Why wasn't it just? Yeah, if spread? anything, like that's an indictment against him. Like you could have had more wins if you were playing Vanover. Especially because like the injury didn't do him any services. He well, like, yeah. He like broke his nose and had a concussion when he collided with the player from Cal Poly. But and you know he had to work his way back. But you know playing what eleven minutes in his first couple games that didn't help. You know he's averaging four points and barely a rebound a game before he starts to fully get unleashed. And then yeah. when he gets unleashed, I think if he got un if he had gotten like 25, 30 minutes from the jump, he kind of could have flirted with an all freshman nominee nomination, especially because I think yeah, Bowen, I was surprised he didn't get. Was he mentioned? Did they do that honorable mention? Cal wasn't freshman? honorably mentioned in any. <laughs> the There's no honor, but I I really believe that because if he like. His only true counterpart was Moses Brown, and physically they're kind of the same, 7'3", very skinny. And I think going forward, at least as it pertains to college basketball, Connor Vanover is probably going to be the better player compared to Moses Brown because... Well, Moses Brown might go in the draft anyways. I, don't, I hope he doesn't. Probably not this year, For his year, sake, though. I hope he doesn't go in like the next... I think he... I hope he stays like four years and learns how to shoot from I don't know, man. He's if, got G League written all over him. Because if I remember right, Moses Brown was shooting like... 30% from the line the last time I checked. He's shooting 35% from the line. And that's yeah, not he, good. He makes a lot of twos, but that's just because he's taller than everybody and he's a little more bouncy than Connor. Mm-hmm. But I think if you give Connor and Moses Brown the same number of minutes, I think Connor comes out of that more productive. And so now you're looking at a situation where you could have had an all freshman nominee from the jump. You know, this is a very big hypothetical. Yeah. But I just think at a time when the Pac 12 doesn't have a great program right now. Arizona's kind of treading water. USC's going through its own stuff. UCLA is in kind of a chaotic environment right now. This is a good time for Cal to make a move in the conference. And if we have Wyking at the helm, I mean, it's highly improbable we're going to seize the moment. But with a competent coach, who knows? I think things are going to only get tougher from Cal for Cal from here because I highly doubt that next year the Pac-12 is going to be okay. I don't know if I should make any predictions because we all we all know I mean, how that worked out last season. It can only get better, right? But they're gonna is... they're gonna be losing a lot of talent. Chris Wilkes, Benny Boatwright, Matisse Thibel, Noah Dickerson. A lot of Washington's gonna be gone. They got the recruit though. Isaiah Stewart? Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna be nice. So Washington Zion... will be fine. Yeah, Cedric Bearfield's going to be gone. Zylan Cheatham, Jalen Hayes. Is Remy Martin back? Casey Apollo, huh? Is Remy Martin coming back? He's probably going to be back. Okay. I don't know if Trace Tinkle is going to declare. Probably not. Robert Franks is gone. So they are losing a lot of, like, top-end talent. But Arizona has, like, Nico Mannion and Josh Green coming in. USC has a pair of five stars. Oregon has some some four stars. Washington's bringing, I would assume they're bringing Jalen Noel back plus this five-star. And then they kind of like stashed a couple four stars this season. And then you also like Utah has a really nice young core. Arizona's bringing back Remy Martin and a couple of their young guys. UCLA just has like a lot of talent, just in general. And they're Even gonna get Luke Walton or, uh, or someone. What's someone U of A? What's his? Tony Bennett. He hasn't said no. What? From Virginia? <laughs> yeah. But Why would he leave? Tight end, because, you know, West Coast, best coast. That makes no sense. Also, Arizona is not on the West Coast. I hate when people say that. I'm at UCLA. No. Oh. Oh, really? 
Yeah, Titus and Tate say that all the time. He hasn't said no to the job. I don't think he's been asked about it, but he hasn't uh, said no. Technically, you're right. I just think Cal, like, this is a good, the Pac-12, yeah, we've, there's some great young players coming in, but ultimately it's a pretty weak conference, so. If we had better leadership, maybe we could do something with it. If yeah. when, does, uh, when does Arizona get the Italian dude? Oh, Nico Mannion? Yeah. Next year. Oh. There's also some rumblings. That guy's that, Italian? Yeah, he's, he's from Italy, right? Nico Mannion's from Italy. I didn't know. I might be completely wrong. I thought Nico Mannion was from a dumpster. That guy. That's what he looks like. Um, well, he got offers from everywhere, right? Like, he picked Arizona over Duke, I think. I think LaMelo Ball is also flirting with He's USC, American which Italian I wish. There it is. No, uh, LaMelo Ball is ineligible. He, he actually he played a, professionally, dude. He didn't get paid, though. So he's yeah, he did. Well, his dad got paid. I don't know. I don't I know the logistics on it. Who believes that? But I think Lamelo at this point in time is. Well, let's just say he's in a gray area, whether he's eligible or not. God, if Lamelo's playing in the Pac-12, I I'll want, be so sad for, that for I'm graduated. For personal reasons, I want him to be here. on USC, and I want to like for him to come to Haas and just have like a full house just for LaMelo to see him pull up from half court. I want this so bad for selfish reasons. That would be so great. <laughs> but yeah. now Nico's on the Italian national team consensus five star. Wow. He's got that I had no idea he's Italian. On a side note, like the audacity for Arizona to have the best recruiting class in the nation. Oh, in it's spite great. of everything. Yeah, it's Yeah, that's insane. The bag drop and don't stop. So, we're at the 45 minute mark. Trying not to cry in the club right now. Yeah, this is probably gonna be the. <laughs> this <time>. is it. <laughs> um, it was it was a weird season. It was pretty. There were some dark moments there. We we brought the light. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Spice Queen was a great addition. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. Having me. Is this our po- this is our our postseason press? Do we have conference? a Canadian Player of the Week? Player of the Year, Shaylin. 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 Thank you guys. Well, I mean, technically, Lupin Store did like get a first or a second. Shoes, 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 His shoes are too bright. Yeah, I don't like that. Those, that I don't neon. like that. Where's the teamwork? Um, <laughs> but I don't think this is going to be the last one we record. I think this is probably going to be the last one we record about Cal. Got some March Madness. You guys Maybe. not doing player grades? Oh, oh yeah. God. Well, I guess we, we just totally segue- forgot about that. I think we just segued into our next podcast. Okay. <laughs> Tune in to player grades next week. Yeah, we're going. Uh, you know when you hate getting your midterm grades back? Well, yeah, there, there's going to be a <laughs> lot of bad grades. <laughs> it's time. Uh, let's just say that. It's going to be below a 2.0 for sure. Should we actually. <laughs> Academically, Wait, let's actually calculate the, the, the total. It's disgusting. It's, We've discussed it's, it, but it's, I think it's, it's a massacre. Enough. It's terrible. You have to tune in next week to find out. 4.0? 3.0? Academically ineligible? Yeah. Where does it go? That's Who a, knows? That's the title of the next one. <laughs> Academically ineligible. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. Okay, we got to go watch Duke, uh, Duke, North Carolina. Yeah, we got things to do. Is that, is that the, the Campanile still going? I think it's been still going, going this entire podcast. Mm-hmm. But until, until next time, Justice Del Santos, Rory O'Toole, Serena Carana. It's been real, Shailen y'all. Shailen Singh. Thank you for coming on this journey. Peace.